and welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, the 16th of November. And I'm back sitting in the same room as Phil. It's so nice to be back sitting in the same room, Phil. We can have a bit of a giggle together. We certainly can, Andrew. I'm delighted to see you. Yep. So, um, now I have been accused of ranting quite a lot recently by a lot of clients. I was actually a very good event last night. Um, it was four companies presenting. Actually, I've got to say, all four companies were really good. Um, Cooth, which actually is a tech company, it's a medical yeah. tech company, really, really impressive. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about buying that myself. Uh, franchise Brands, um, which again um, was very impressive. Um, Infinity Energy Systems, where well, we talk a lot about that, but actually they presented really well. And Oxford Biodynamics. Uh, which also presented pretty well. Uh, it was held by Tosca. It was a really good evening, actually, I've got to say. So uh, it's put me in a very good mood. Uh, I'm also getting quite excited about the market in general, actually, because um, I think we're starting to see the first few rays of um, optimism. And the reason I say that, funny enough, is... Firstly, this week, a lot of money is hitting the market from bids that we've had announced. But, you know, it takes time for them to go through. It takes about a month or so and for the money to then come back and hit the funds. But you know what? This week, we're getting $700 million from Ergo Omed. Uh, we're getting $150 million from Finsbury Foods. We're getting $200 million from Instem. And then, of course, today, we've had a bid for City Pubs. We've had a bid for Hotel Chocolat. Um there's a little amusing story I'm going to tell you on that one, Phil, and that is that in the announcement of the bid, they forgot to take out the code names. Oh, this and is the fun. poor, the yeah. poor yeah. trainee drafting it left in <laughs> Queen <laughs> Bee and Beekeeper. So we know the code names they were doing. You've always, when you put out the announcement, take out the code names. <laughs> You've got to laugh, haven't you? Um, but yeah, so look, there's a little bit of money um, coming back into the market. And, of course, this time next week, we may be talking about Mr. Bean's budget. Oh, sorry, uh, Jeremy Hunt's budget. They are awfully similar, though. Um, and I think there are going to be some good things. I mean, there is a lot of chatter about the concept of a, a UK or British ISA. Um, and that would, and it's, by the way, a terribly sensible idea. I mean, it really is. It should be this way. That would bring a huge amount of money that's currently in either cash or US stocks or overseas stocks into the UK market. That would have quite an impact on stocks. So I think we may well see that. I actually hope he doesn't abolish inheritance tax, even though I'm probably going to be paying some. Uh, well, actually, I hope I'm not, but my mother is 91. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, because, of course, if, they, if he abolishes inheritance tax, all those AIM IHT portfolios will be getting out of AIM stocks. Um, and we can't have that because there's only a few stocks left as well because they're all getting taken over. Um, but he, who knows? He may actually do other things to stimulate the market um, because that's what we need. In fact, funny, just before I got in here, Phil, I was reading a, an FT article which was pointing out something that I talked about the other day when, when the London Stock Exchange Group, as it's called, LSEG, announced its results. And that is that now only 4% of their revenue comes from the actual stock exchange, which yeah, is, is pretty awful. It really is embarrassing. Uh, and actually, funny, I was also talking to another, a really successful group, basically based in Hong Kong, but they're a global group doing a lot of sort of trading and that sort of thing. And I said to him, you know, why don't you do much in London? Because he was British. In fact, he had been at Hall at one stage, like myself. 
And uh, he said, Andrew, the London Stock Exchange market is the most backward market in the entire world. He said, you still have these absurd market makers and things. He said, the rest of the world is modernized. London is still in the dark ages. It's, it's slightly embarrassing, but there you go. Anyway, but I, I want to be positive. People said that I've been getting, they're, they're worried. They're worried about it. They think, I'm getting too, <laughs> they think I'm getting too stressed. I'm not. I'm positive. I'm happy. There's going to be deal flow galore over Christmas. Christmas is going to be abandoned because I'm going to be so busy doing deals. Uh, but anyway, there you go. That's my sort of look on the world at the moment. Um, but if you want to know more about my look on the world, you're better off DMing me because actually I, 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 I have to say I, I struggle to find places that I really want to put my money. The only countries, I, re- I think North America, it's overvalued. Yeah. We discussed that. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I had a very interesting lunch today with Chris Ford, who runs the Sandlam AI Fund, and he actually explained oh. to me why NVIDIA actually looks quite cheap. And I'm like, bloody hell. Um, so anyway, um, it was a very nice lunch. Thank you, Chris. Um, but America's probably safe, or North America is probably safe. I love Vietnam. Australia is probably safe. It's got its own resources, its own agriculture, its own tech. It's got its own boundaries. It's an island. The UK is probably safe. Being an island is really good. America is sort of like an island. If you think about it, it's got a big sea on either side. Um, uh, but the rest of the world, maybe India. I still haven't got my head around India. Uh, the rest of the world, I just don't want to go near it. It's all going to collapse. It's a disaster. I hate it. Anyway, uh, this that's got nothing to do with transitional energy. Particularly. <laughs> I don't know where I came onto that. Um, let's go back to transitional tech, tech and transitional energy. And, tech. and actually, this week, there's been a lot of results. A lot of results, a lot of trading updates. It goes on endlessly. So, Phil, I'm going to sort of get you to start rocking and rolling through all those numbers and trading updates, oh. and I'll just make the odd comment. Oh, all right. Well, that's much appreciated, uh, Andrew. And uh, just some further good news this week was I see that UK inflation is coming down. Um, well, we'll see, you're yeah. right. 4.6%. Yeah. And, of course, the Chancellor and, uh, and the Prime Minister claim that they've hit their target and they've halved inflation. But don't forget that core inflation uh-huh. all right, was actually still up at about yeah. 6.5%. Right, so we're yeah. not all out of the woods well, yet. No, don't not. think they're going to start cutting interest rates <laughs> quite. They're going to plateau for a while. Um, but, yeah, look, it is good news. Um, inflation is, number is coming down. And, of course, in some countries in Europe, they're starting to see deflation. I've talked about deflation yeah. before. Could uh-huh. come in. Um, but core inflation is still a little bit up there, so just be a little bit careful. Don't get too excited. Anyway, yeah. you're right, Phil. We did. Sorry, I, I interrupted and, you. There. Carry and, on. And one swallow does not make a summer, as they say. Right. Moving on swiftly, um, and, and looking at sectors so in, in in tech. So let's kick off with industrials. Um, one of the biggest industrial companies uh, in Europe was Siemens had their quarterly. Uh, quarter results, and I was looking at the share price of Siemens. It was quite interesting. Do you know Siemens share price has doubled since 2020 over but the last three years? It doesn't totally surprise me. But just so we need to just clarify a few things because it's an incredibly complex corporate yeah. structure. After all, it is German. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> don't say anything about the Germans. No, no, no. Anyway, no, no, no. but uh, you have, you're talking about Siemens AG. Yes. And a lot of people confuse that with Siemens. Energy, yes, which Siemens do. AG own the majority of, yes, uh-huh. and Siemens Energy, of course, owns Siemens Gamesa, and Siemens Gamesa owns Siemens Gamesa Renewable Energy. It's a whole chain of them. But the interesting yep. thing is, yep. isn't it, that Siemens Siemens AG, yes. which is sort of the industrial bit, Correct. has been phenomenal and done really well and had really good figures. Yep. Siemens Energy, 
on the contrary, has just been bailed out for 17 billion by the German government. Yeah. Did I just take the wind out of your sails? Tell you what you were going to say. That was the second part of my <laughs> comments on Siemens, but just on the. Actually, talking of taking the wind out of the sails, that's the problem. Siemens Energy has got all this wind, but it's not sailing. <laughs> but but it's, uh, you got... <laughs> you're right there. Right, well, quickly, just onto the industrial part of it, because it's very. You know, industrials is a big sector for tech in general. Um, and they had said, you know, Siemens Siemens equipment is used in automating, uh, automating industry, you know, process industries, but also their kits used in infrastructure um, for energy management in particular. They have a lot of buildings, technologies going to buildings, and then of course there's Siemens healthcare, uh, diagnostic imaging, and you've probably seen that you know, when you've been in hospitals, you see Siemens kit. So they had a quarterly um, quarterly results. Uh, the reported this is for July to September. Um, their sales were up by ten percent, which for a big, you know, industrial conglomerate is is very very good. Uh, Twenty one point four billion euros, and it beat analyst estimates. The profits from the industrial side of it, which majority of the profit was um, up by seven percent, which is very good. But they made some comments um, in terms of expectations, which were interesting, um, and they've said that uh, they're expecting revenue growth of 4 to 8% over the next 12 months, which was less than the 11% recorded for 2023. But then, you know, if you look at 22 and 23 and coming out of COVID, so, you know, you've got probably got accelerated growth there anyway. But also they said um, that in terms of regions, they were particularly strong, I think, in Europe, um, US, but it was China uh, where they had seen weakness. Uh, in the Chinese markets, but nonetheless, overall, from one of the biggest industrial producers in the world, it was very encouraging to see that. Um, and Siemens commented that Siemens AG would continue to reduce the 25.1% stake it still holds in Siemens uh, Siemens Energy, which is worth 2 billion euros, and they weighted market additions. So that was, uh, yes, getting onto Siemens Energy. And that sort of ties yeah. in with, you know, where they're doing well or not. And I, I, did, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because are you going to talk about Siemens Energy as well? Uh, well, just that they've reported apparently a 5 billion euro uh, net loss mm -hmm. and, uh, and agreed there's 15 billion, as you pointed out, uh, the 15 billion euros in project related guarantees that have come in for them. So I, I saw also this morning, though, I don't, I'm sure you have seen, but whether we're in the sort of results bit, so yeah. it may not come up. But obviously the UK government is talking about subsidising wind power by a massive amount, a sort of 66%, to try and stimulate wind power in the UK. Now, this is actually, you don't need to, wind power is the cheapest form of energy out there. But we do have a bit of a problem, it would appear, in really getting it all going. Although I know you're going to talk about SSE, yeah, so, which is one of the biggest ones out there and suppliers, and it's doing very well, which I own personally. I'm always talking about, God, I want to sell it because I hate it, but I hold it and it's doing very well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll get on to that in a second. Mm. But so we've got to, but I mean, so that comes back, you know, Siemens Energy is the wind bit of it all. Yeah. And is having the problems now. Of course, it all comes down. Most people know that I believe the future is SWB, which is solar wind batteries. Uh, Eighty percent of all our energy will come from that because the cost is going to come down below the cost of the of gas energy. And when you get to that level, everything switches. It's an ambitious target, but I happen to believe in it. Uh, and so that's what they're trying to do. Is they're really trying to drive that part of it um, in order to help progress towards net zero. 
Um, but you know, we, we've got the, actually the wind bit going. We've got the solar bit going. There's yeah, some yeah, huge yeah. solar businesses going up in the UK at the moment. It's the batteries, and of course, that's Infinity Energy Systems. Although I've got to just say, for clarity, one of the problems is a lot of people say to me, "Why aren't Infinity winning more orders in the UK?" One of the problems in the UK, we have one of the most absurd national grids out, and yeah. it's all set up wrong for starters. But the UK basically works on a power response basis for t two hours. All right, so every day, basically between five and seven, the grid is put under stress. And all it wants is a one cycle a day, two hour energy storage. And that actually doesn't suit vanadium. Vanadium likes basically three to 12 hours and regular recycling. It'll mm -hmm. happily cycle all day, in and out, 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 as many times as you can say. Uh, and so that's one of the problems. Actually, bizarrely, lithium's not bad if you're just gonna use it once a day for you know one to two hours. It's not a bad product, as long as it's not catching fire, of course. Um, then it goes a bit wrong. Anyway, uh, that's just a little bit of red herring. So actually, let's go back to the results. I'm sorry, I, 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 yeah. I'm really, I, so I told you I was in a good mood. Like, you're not going to be able to shut me up. Hey? I'm like, a, you know, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Anyway, let's move on to SSE. And uh, yeah. let's have your take, and then I'll tell you my take again, which I've already just given, but I might do it again. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, something I've just said add in there is, um, and, and our listeners may have seen the news that the UK grid has been looking at all of the projects that are applying for grid connections and is having a guess in inverted commas, clear out of other terms. So a number of projects that they don't think are progressing, they are now discounting from the connection to speed up all the grid connections. Speed up the new ones, that yeah. That is what we, is what we need. Yeah. Um, right, so SSE uh, interims to September, 90 billion market cap. Um, right, I mean, I, I've got, confess, I'm not a financial analyst on SSE, but I was looking at the results um, and their profits were slightly down to 690 million just at profit for tax up by one percent which is below inflation but it's 565 million um but I, I think what was and i think they made some comment on the energy mix as well having an impact was more was more gas uh, so that's when it's sold but anyway there's normally but, an but, excuse sometimes it's the wind wasn't yeah, the right, right sort of wind yeah that's right sometimes it was, it's not the right sort of sunshine <laughs> it was yeah the, uh, the and yeah they may have said something like it was the wrong sort of electricity yeah, yeah. Right, right correct so but nonetheless, they are developing uh, very large, very large wind farms off the coast of the UK, uh, and they announced that they were increasing their capital expenditure overall from um, from eighteen billion pounds to twenty point five billion pounds over a long term program targeting nine uh, nine gigawatts of renewable capacity. Um, but there were some comments on here is that will time this capital expenditure, um, you know, be around when they see attractive returns from contracts or where seabed um, is too expensive, we'll exercise discretion on decision making. I mean, I thought this was quite interesting because I remember us discussing mostly two years ago when they auctioned off a large area of the seabed and we saw a number of the big oil companies bidding for it, which drove up the prices. And obviously it does come down, ultimately these are businesses, and it does come down to raw economics. Of can you make money out of these huge projects? Anyway, so that was something I... I think they said they were going to make 150p of earnings next year, uh -huh. which, yes, bearing in mind the stock is trading below 1800p, pretty cheap p, and they, they keep reiterating they're going to keep increasing the dividend. It's great. You know, this stock, it drives me insane because I, I'm not... I don't think it is the best run stock, I'm afraid. Sorry if you're a management of SSE and listening, but I've had some dealings and it's always been totally chaotic when I've tried to do anything with you guys. Um, 
And but you know, you look at it, it the stock does keep sort of going up over time because it's in all the right spaces. Um, but it's a big trading stock as well. It goes up and down like a bloody yo-yo. So when it hits sort of £18 or £19, I think, oh, I really ought to sell it. And I think, oh, but what am I going to put the money into? And I don't. And then, of course, it falls all the way back down to £14. <laughs> I think, damn, I should have sold it. Should I buy some more? No, I'm not going to do that. And then it shoots back up again. I mean, it's a real sore edge. But luckily, it is going from the left-hand corner to the bottom left-hand corner to the top right-hand corner. Right. So actually, the answer is hang on to your SSE probably and just don't get stressed out by it like me. It's an unusual range of trading for a stock of company of this size on the uh, on the main market but uh, yeah there you go so uh, look on to smaller companies Avintrans I love Avintrans and the reason is very simple most people know I'm a big fan of uh, Roger McDowell who is the chairman and he's a very talented guy and I'm happy to back pretty much any stock that he's chairman of actually but Tell us more because they did have quite an announcement today. They, they did indeed. So it's 130 million market cap. The ticker is AVG. Um, this is an advanced engineering business. Um, and I knew it from my prior involvement with Haywood Tyler, which is one of their divisions uh, who make um, pumps and motors. And these are these are pumps and motors that go into things like power stations and, and on the seabed. Um, they're also involved in medical imaging equipment um, and, and wider industrial equipment. Uh, but they announced today that uh, Haywood Tyler, which is quite unusual for a British company, has got nuclear approvals in the States and with the US nuclear power stations, announced that uh, Haywood Tyler Inc. Uh, has been awarded a contract by Terra Power in the US to design and develop um, primary intermediate uh, sodium pumps, this is big pumps and reactors. Yeah, here we go. In a uh, uh, Natrium, it's trademarked, name for a reactor demonstration. Um, project in the US. I think that's a nuclear, is it a nuclear reactor? Doesn't specifically say, but I bet it is. Um, so, multi phase award over a period of three to four years beginning November 2023 for $10 million. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes it might get overlooked with this company that it's got those nuclear approvals and it's very tied into the US nuclear industry. And Good stuff. We like it. Tick in the box. There, there we go. So, uh, moving on swiftly. Uh, so we've gone from kind of nuclear and power and industrials and on to defence. Uh, Kinetic had its interims today. And that's, uh, I always have to spell this one out. The ticker is QQ dot and it's uh, Q-I-N-E-T-I-Q. Um, so had its interims. Uh, so it's defence, defence technology. Um, and they're exposed to like marine, aviation, aerospace. They're involved in cyber, in robotics. Um, it's all advanced, uh, advanced tech. And they do things like air threat and air simulation. Anyway, so so uh, it's one of our, our, our larger advanced uh, engineering businesses. So they reported interims, and the revenue was up from 673 million to 883 million, um, and their operating profits from 74 million to 100 million. Um, a couple of factors in this one: it's made it made a larger acquisition, uh, U.S. acquisition, the year. So I was looking at the organic growth. And the revenue growth of 31%, 19% of that was organic, which was encouraging to see. They held their margins, and this is despite inflationary cost pressures. Uh, but the shares were off a bit, um, and that was down to uh, cash conversion. I think they converted some like 50% operating profits into operating cash flow, but also in that, and it's down to working capital. Their receivables have reduced, and I'm expecting that to reverse in the second half. So there's a timing there on the cash flows. Um, but all in all, just to get a feel for some of their projects that they're involved in, uh, they've said that uh, the Avantas business that they've acquired 
um, had won $657 million of new orders. Uh, they also noted that they've won two significant contracts in the US for advanced technologies um, in the next generation of advanced bomb suits, $24 million, um, robotic, robotic combat vehicles. Uh, they've got a future half a billion uh, contract on that. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, really interesting business, obviously very, very complicated, but to, me, to my mind is in some of the, you know, the right spaces of technology uh, in defence. But, well, you're probably right there because there's still a lot of war going on at the moment. They're, they're, um, yeah. We sometimes forget that the Ukraine war is still going on. Yes. David Cameron popped up there today as the new foreign secretary. Yes. I mean, I haven't mentioned that in my early morning rant, so to speak. <laughs> but I mean, what on earth is going on there, Phil? I mean, you know, love this government, I don't know. No, stop. Let's go back to the results. Don't get me started. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, but just, just to sum, 58% of their business, 58% of Kinetic's business is with the MOD. Uh, and 16% with the, the DOD in the States. But clearly with the U.S. acquisition of Advantis that they make, they're looking to make, uh, you know, make strong headway in the States. So uh, certainly one to watch. Uh, now, another company, this is another of our big engineering businesses, and one that Andrew and I have discussed before is Melrose. Yeah. M-R-O-N is the ticker. Yeah. In terms today, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, uh, oh, tra no, trading update. Oh, four, trading update. Yeah, four months trading update. The share price has doubled since October 2022. Um, and from memory, they um, part, what they partly or wholly dispose of their... Well, they got rid of Dow Lanes, didn't they? they? So, the correct. G they split that out. Yeah. You know, and the reason they split that, I suspect, is because that's the sort of non-growth bit. Uh now sort of looking at how it can grow. But yeah, they split out downloads, yeah, which do. was sort of actually a, a big part of the core of what was the old GKN. Yeah. That's it, GKN Automotive. Yeah, absolutely right, Andrew. And they kept, but they kept GKN uh, Aerospace um, and they manufacture, uh, I didn't know a lot about it. I've been reading up about GKN Aerospace, actually. It's quite an incredible company. They make um, all this, the structures and cases that go around the engines on aircraft. Uh, but also things like the fueling systems, the wiring interconnects that are in there. So there's a, there's a lot of quite deep, deeper tech that's that's in there. Well, deeper tech, but advanced engineering, like composites. I mean, all of this stuff has to be hugely robust in aerospace, exposed to defense, exposed to civil. They've got customers in defense. I mean, it's a dream customer list. It's Boeing, Lockheed, Raytheon, Pratt & Whitney. Uh, and the civils, you know, again, it's Boeing that are involved in the civil aerospace. Anyway, what have they reported? So for the four months... Uh, they've seen revenue grow at 18%, uh, and the operating margins comfortably in excess of 25%. Well, I mean, wow, uh, really, really strong margins there. But given the performance that they're seeing, their orders that they're seeing, in particular in the, the, the engine space in, um, for, for support, and there's a great thing about aerospace, of course, is that there's always long-term support maintenance revenues around that. They're upgrading. Um, and they are upgrading a 7% profit upgrade from previous expectations on stronger margins. So I thought that was that was really nice to see. But and everything we've been seeing in aerospace generally, it's defence or civils. One of my favourite expressions: we are upgrading our forecasts. There we go. <laughs> there we go. And so for all we've seen. Some not so good news that Andrew and I have discussed in a number of podcasts. We have actually seen some very encouraging news as well. Um, and some there from there. So, right, a, a, quite a complicated company now is Halma. Um, again, it's 7.5 billion market cap. Uh, they've reported uh, revenue, I think, is this for you, revenues or interims? 
uh, one or two. Oh, it was interims, wasn't it? It was interims today. Yeah, yeah okay. So, so Halmers, this is a very, have been a very acquisitive company and continues to be acquisitive because it's in, you know, it's in things like safety systems, um, it's exposed in healthcare, uh, it's involved in sort of the environment, but it's all about not measuring systems. So, for instance, looking at things like air quality, water quality, food quality, analyzing materials. Um, and um, so, so there's lots of always small businesses, medium businesses to acquire in those areas, and they acquire. Anyway, so the reported results, uh, the revenues were up 9%, and given it in mind it is acquisitive, we're looking at the organic growth. Organic growth was up by 5%, and during a period they made five acquisitions um, for £126 million in consideration. Uh, they've seen revenue growth in all of their main sectors, uh, but again... Uh, my common theme. They said here in the regions, well, strong growth across all regions, particularly in the US and mainland Europe, but weaker growth in China is where they, they didn't see. And then just quickly on the financials for Halma, I was looking at the uh, you know the drop through from the revenue growth, 9% revenue growth, but they saw statutory earnings before interest and tax, off before tax, up by 7%. So that's good to see. Um, and I think they've got a reasonable, or I don't say the cash position here, but I think the cash position is pretty reasonable on it. And they expect to be in line with analyst consensus. So there we go. Very good. That was good from them. And then perhaps from me, I'm just conscious of time here. Maybe a little one to end on. And this is a bit more techy. And I've come across this one before. Maybe a company called Cordell Group. The ticket is CRDL. Um, and they have, it looks like, uh, software, I think software, yeah, artificial intelligence platform for uh, transport analytics. Now, it's always good to find out some fascinating facts on these things. I didn't know. So they, they just want a project with, um, the, well, they have previously won a project with Network Rail. Network Rail, do you know, we've got 250 different types of rail vehicle running on the train tracks. And because of all these different types of train vehicles, it means that when they're passing each other, there's all sorts of different spacing that you need to allow for. And when they're passing in tunnels, passing equipment, you've got a huge database that measures all the structures on the railway um, and, the, and, the, and the spacing that's required for this, the, the clearance that's required. I, just... I think they have all got the same wheel width, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They have to have that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they do. But this is this is called the national gauging. It's the national gauging database. Anyway, so just quickly on Cordell, um, they in 2021 they're saying that they won the tender to replace this, um, and it looks like they they're just announcing that. Um, this is going very, very well. Uh, there, have been, there are now 345 authorised users of this. Um, um, and so, yeah, it's just, just generally progressing well. But I just thought I'd make investors aware of the, the company because it's not one. You know, yeah, listen, I, 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 I have had a, a little look at it because it's yeah. also, um, I think we also had an update from Traxxas this week. We also do um, right. IT work and software for, for National Rail. Yes, they do. Uh, yeah. So that was, it was sort of in line or slightly, you know, it was good. Um, I think it made the stock go better. Um, but yeah, they had a, uh, an update, I think you'll find this week. And the other one, actually, it's a private company, uh, but I've been walking around a little bit. It's, it's a very small private company called Coda. Um, and I mentioned it really because what they yeah. do actually is they have a, a, a technology system where they 
control. And they, their biggest contract, I think, is with First Great Western. Uh, and in all of First Great Western railway stations, of which there are quite a lot, they have all their sensors, and they basically sense when there's no one in the waiting room, for instance. They'll turn all the lights off, and they'll turn the heating down, and all of that sort of thing. And they control it very cleverly. Uh, and they can do this in buildings, in airports, in railway stations, you name it. Uh, and there's quite a few little companies around that do this. There's a bit of a roll-up to be done. Uh, this is a small private company, actually, I met. And uh, there is an institution behind it. Um, I think it's quite interesting. Uh, I'm not, we're not actually engaged with them, but I know they're trying to raise a little bit of money. Uh, if it appealed to anybody, do give us a shout. I'll pass you straight on. It's, it's not a deal we're doing. Um, but, yeah, there's an interesting game there. Yeah. Uh, in the whole, again, railways have a lot of buildings, a lot of track, yeah. a lot of things can make a lot of money. Um, but anyway, uh, look, we, we've, there was, a, by the way, there were an awful lot of results this week. We've probably missed at least, well, no, I haven't missed. Phil's probably missed <laughs> uh, at least half of them. But he didn't have time. That was his excuse. Got, um, because it's been a really <laughs> busy week. We're getting far too many trading updates after every month and far too many quarterly reports. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q... Goodness, mate. So much easier in the old days. We just add interims and finals, or prelims, as they were called. Um, but anyway, there we go. Uh, so we'll call it a day there because we've been rambling on for far too long. Uh, please uh, send us as much money as you can. No, uh, any comments you got, please tell us. Anything you disagree with, please tell us. Any company you want us to talk about, please tell us. The usual stuff. There you go. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back again next week. And we'll have seen what the wonderful Mr. Jeremy Hunt has presented to us to try and bolster the UK stock market. Thank you very much. What's the next week, Andrew?